Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hive Mind. I'm Meg, and I'm here with Eli. Hey, Eli. Hi, Meg. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Just so happy. I, I'm weirdly doing really well this year at watching Oscar contender movies, like, early. Me too. I was kind of surprised. Like, people are releasing their top ten lists. I'm like, oh, I've seen a lot of like, these. Yeah. It, we we pulled up over the weekend, um, like, the short list for Oscar Best Picture. It, the nominees have not been announced yet. I think that happens at the end of this month, maybe. Sure. But it was also the Golden Globes last night. So we have kind We're of an idea. talk about that for a second. So, um, but, yeah, so we kind of have an idea. And normally, for the last month before the Oscars, I'm watching, like, a hundred movies and I'm burned out. But we pulled up the shortlist and I was like, I've seen like all but one of these now. What so, one is left? I can't remember what it was, okay. but uh, I think it was um, my boy Zach Efron. The Iron Claw? Iron Claw. Yeah, it's on the sh- like the shortlist, but yeah. I don't know. Um, over the weekend, we went and saw Poor Things. Okay. I was, we were supposed to do that today. It wasn't at my theater that I go to and I was, I didn't have it in me to drive to Jordan Commons. Tell me... Are you going to see it? I think I need to. <laughs> Do I need to? I don't know, Meg. Oh, goodness. I mean, it won for best comedy last night, but mm-hmm. I don't know what that means for the Oscars because there's no comedy. It is. It's a really bizarre film. Well, it's Yorgos Lanthimos mm-hmm. of The Lobster and The Favorite. I hated The Lobster. I know you hated The Lobster. hated The Lobster. I think I would still hate it if I watched it again. I really did not like The Favorite until I thought more and more about it over like the next six months. And you and Skylar both loved The Favorite so much that I think it like started to affect sure. me. So I kind of want to go back and revisit it now. And I think I might like it more. Um, I enjoyed this movie. It's it's weird, way weirder than the favorite. Way weirder. Okay. Um, the favorite was kind of boring. In some yeah, parts. I think I was. That was my complaint about the favorite was I. I was Slow. so bored. Yeah. In poor things, uh, you're never bored. Never, okay. never bored. Um, it is one of the most sexually explicit movies I have ever seen. Okay. Don't bring your parents. Well, I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, that's why I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. Mm-hmm. Like, because I know he's weird. Yeah. And I don't know if I have it in me. Honestly, it's a lot. And it's like, it's a lot of nudity. Like Emma Stone is naked in like almost the entire movie. It was, it's like kind of jarring a, a little. It, it was for me anyway. Um, this is a film, if if you're unfamiliar, no no big spoilers here, but basically it's about William Defoe 
uh, in, I think, the late 1800s. When was the Eiffel Tower built? I don't know. We were playing a game the other day, and I had to know when the Civil War was, and I didn't know. So okay, well, I'm not your I'm not your gal. <laughs> late 1800s, because there there's a scene where you see the Eiffel Tower partially constructed for the so, World's Fair, right? Yeah, World's Fair, and I yeah I think it's late 1800s. Um, it, the the movie aesthetic is like very colorful. It's almost like if you saw Wonka, it almost looks like that world. Like they could be in the same universe, which is kind of fun actually. Yeah. Um, but William Defoe is this physician. And he has essentially taken a, the brain of a baby and put it into the body of an adult woman, Emma okay. Stone. And um, the 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 science does not check out. Don't follow the science. But essentially, this woman, baby woman, uh, is progressing very, very quickly. So like learning like 20 words a day and like mm -hmm. figuring, you know, whatever. And the, the movie is essentially this woman... Um, when once she reaches like almost like an adolescent sort of state of being is taken by a man through Europe. It's kind of fun to see like this whimsical version of 1800s Europe, by yeah. the way, through like the big cities in Europe. And she kind of learns about like what the world has to offer. And it's it's pretty funny. I, I mean, I, I guess at one best comedy, I, I don't know that I would necessarily think of this as like and that great comedy, poor things. Yeah. But there are, there is a lot of humor in it. Like Emma Stone is just a funny person. And so uh, she brings a lot of kind of laugh out loud, like fun mm -hmm. aspects to it. Um, there's a long montage or like a long part of the movie where she becomes a French prostitute and it's like pretty explicit. So you need to be aware of that going in. Um, and it's explicit even before that and after it. So if like you're sensitive to that sort of thing, this movie's going to be a hard time. That's mm. what I'm going to tell you. Okay. And, and I, I am a little bit sensitive to, to yeah. that. So like, I kind of had, I was kind of like squirmy a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm a prude. I am a prude, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, it's, it's interesting. It, I think it's saying a lot of things, uh, that I probably only understand a few of them. Mm -hmm. Um, but just about like what what it looks like when somebody who has had no training from society and has not been told like what is right and what is wrong um, encounters the world and doesn't have like all of those rules that it ha to you know view the world through. Um, I, I guess kind of interesting in that way. You said it was disturbing. Did I say it was disturbing? Yeah, when I asked you about it. Do you still think it's disturbing? I mean, there are some pretty gory images in it because like the man is uh, William Defoe is a surgeon and like they they don't cut away. Like they show bodies being cut into that I thought was like pretty gross. I think disturbing it, there's this underlying element to the movie that I found disturbing, which is that there is essentially a child's brain yeah. uh, in this woman's body. And this child's brain is like having all these sexual encounters with these men who know that this is like essentially a baby. And like, I found that to be like kind of upsetting, which I think is part of the point the movie is making. Uh huh. I don't know. Like you, you do not walk out of this movie feeling better about the world. I, I think. <laughs> okay. I don't think I can do it. Yeah. I don't think I have it in me. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. It's, it's not a movie I will ever watch again. I don't know who I would recommend it to. 
Have you watched Saltburn, by the way? No, and I really, I'm same thing with Saltburn. I'm like, I just don't think I can. Same. That one is feeling like a chore to me, but I, I have so many friends who are like, no, you need to see it. It's really fun. The discourse is so exhausting that I'm like, I don't, maybe I'll revisit it in a few years, but I don't need this right now. Is there now. discourse about it? Yeah. What is the discourse? That it's dumb and shocking for no reason. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So, I don't know. I don't. I'm also in like a pretty annoying film corner of Twitter. So, yeah, okay. you know. Yeah, by the way, you mentioned last week that you saw the holdovers, but I don't I didn't hear what yeah, you thought. Yeah, I of listened it. back to our episode and I'm like, "Oh, I watched it." And we're like, "Oh, we'll talk about it." And we never did. I really liked it. It's wonderful, it's right? It's a really good movie. It's very slow. Yeah. It's like it was slower than I was expecting and very quiet. Um, but I think Paul Giam- Giamatti is phenomenal He's in it. So good I think in Divine it. is phenomenal mm-hmm. in it. Um, the kids are all great. The Mormon kid really made me laugh. Yeah. Um, and it's such an accurate depiction of Mormonism, by the way. Yeah. Did you see Rebby's Yeah. And I totally, I, I almost sent it or texted Rebby about this because, um, when, so, so if you haven't seen the holdovers, there's a kid in it who's like 12 ish. Yeah. And he makes a comment, it takes place in 1970. He makes a comment that his parents are like mission presidents in somewhere in South America. So yeah. he can't go home for Christmas. And it's there's no commentary about Mormonism. It's not making fun of it. It's not a caricature. It just is like, yeah, this is a kid whose parents are mission present. It's to a degree that I'm like, was was this written by a Mormon? But Rebby's comment was so funny on Instagram because she posted the clip of it. And she's like, this is the most accurate depiction of Mormonism because the kid says what his parents are doing and no one is even interested in asking. Well, a one of question. them's like, don't you wear magic underwear? And he starts to like give an explanation like, no, actually. Yeah. And the kid is like walked away. He's like moved on. He has no <laughs> interest in actually they already like, don't care. learning about it, which is so true. <laughs> it's so funny. Someone in England asked me, are you Mormon? I was like, yeah. And then they like started to ask me all these follow up questions. And I just was like, I could feel myself getting like, well, actually, like, like yeah. you know, and then like, luckily, the play started. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to do this. But, right now. but the, the movie is so charming. Like uh, on the other end of the spectrum, like I walked out or finished that movie feeling like so happy. Like I, yeah. I just thought it was such a lovely. It's like the anti dead poet society yes. in like a way that I found more realistic. Like, the best teachers are the ones you hate. Yeah, this teacher's kind of sucks. Like, yeah. he's a jerk, and they don't get along, but, like, they end up developing, like, what I think is a really cool relationship. Yeah, respect for each other. Yeah, yeah, a respect for one another, and they change each other's lives. Like, they yeah. actually do. And anyway, that that is a movie, like, I think it's rated R for some language. Yeah, that sounds right. And but, there's like a little tiny bit of nudity. Like one of the guys is looking at a Playboy briefly. Oh, I didn't even remember that. Um, but that said, this is a movie like I think with general appeal. Like I, I would pretty broadly recommend it to a lot of people. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah. Um, okay, sorry. What else have I been watching? We're just binging 30 Rock, Meg. I'm, oh, good. I haven't done this, I don't think ever. I don't think I've ever binged it. And it is so funny. Like, so I funny. cannot believe how many laugh out loud jokes are in every scene. Are of you watching show. it with subtitles? No. You should watch it with subtitles because there's stuff you miss hearing. Uh huh. Like the joke where um, Jack says, Tracy, are you busy? And Tracy says, oh, I'm just practicing sitting. <laughs> <laughs> like something you wouldn't catch unless because it's like not even it's like yeah. a placement shot when yeah. they're talking about it, you know? Yeah. You, you know, what's interesting is I'm. 
I'm finding different characters funny than I used to. Like who? Um, Grizzin.com, I used to never find funny oh at gosh, all. Because so I just thought like they weren't great actors. And I was like, what are they? That's kind of what's funny about him, though. And that's exactly right. And now I'm like, every time they're in a scene, I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still, the my least favorite, and I, I think this was your favorite part of the show. My least favorite part of the show is the writer's room. Like, I don't like the writers. Oh, really? Like, just all those dudes. They, like, I don't find them that funny. And I, I still don't really. Um, Lutz. Yeah. Everybody I'm, shut up. Shut up, Lutz. I, <laughs> I mean, I think I think they are doing a caricature of that type of person. And I think they're doing it well. But I just, like, don't enjoy spending time with them. Another thing that I'm noticing on this rewatch that I don't, that I didn't really remember my memory of 30 Rock was that Liz and Jack were not really friends. Like, he's just her boss, but they just, like, spend a lot of time together. And on this rewatch, I'm realizing that they they are, like, each other's best friend. And they con- they both consider one another their friend. And it's actually, like, a lot sweeter than I remember this show being. And it's never, like, will they, won't they? Never. Never. Which is so refreshing. Yeah, it's it's just kind of like this sweet platonic relationship um, that develops like pretty quickly at the start of the show and then they just kind of like show up for each other over and over again and I just didn't remember that I almost almost kind of had in my mind that they had uh, like an antagonistic boss employee relationship but they had to work together but no they're like actual best friends yeah and it, I don't know I'm, I'm really enjoying this rewatch I'm so happy for you we do it like once a year yeah it, it's a it's a terrific rewatch um Okay, the Golden Globes, I did not watch. I watched the last 30 minutes because it was on early. Like we were in the middle of like dinner and like homework and stuff. And so by the time it was like eight and my kids were in bed, it was almost over, which was weird. It seemed like a mess. What happened last night? Apparently the comedian was just not funny at all. I saw clips and they were not funny. And then he and then he threw his writers under the bus. He did. Did you not see this clip? No. Oh, Meg, you got to watch it. It's so cringy. So he makes some joke um i think it's a joke about taylor swift and it like lands like very badly and everybody's and it, i it saw that delivered badly too it, it might have been a different joke actually anyway he makes a joke that does not land and then he's like well i have writer i had a bunch of writers write stuff and i wrote stuff too and the jokes you're laughing at those are the ones that i wrote and the audience like doesn't it's so awkward he gets really defensive he like starts scolding the audience for not laughing at the joke it's bizarre and then everybody's been passing around the clip of is it selena gomez trying to get a picture with timothy chalamet or she wanted to oh no i didn't she goes over to taylor swift and i can't remember who else was at the table and Everybody's trying to piece together what happened, but it sounds like if you read their mouths, it sounds like she's saying, I tried to take a picture with Timothy, but she wouldn't let it, let it happen. Kylie and, wouldn't let it yeah, happen. Yeah, and like Taylor Swift and the other whoever else was at that table were like, oh, what? You know, and so everybody's like, nobody knows what happened. Well, because, you know, Kardashians do not like Taylor Swift. They Oh, that's right. Yeah. So. But, but so anyway, the... All of the chatter today is everybody trying to piece together. I have not seen that. That is fascinating. <laughs> um, I did love Jennifer Lawrence mouthing, if I don't win, I'm leaving. Yeah. I think that was, let her host. I know. Jennifer Lawrence is such an interesting person. I think she's such a good actress. I really like her in pretty much everything I've yeah. ever seen her in. And her personality, like, I, sometimes I really like her and sometimes she's grating to me. And I don't know what it is. I have a friend who recently said something that I've been thinking about a lot. 
And his what he said was, it's okay to be a little bit annoying. Mm -hmm. The further you get into adulthood and the more honed your interests become and the more you you are, you're going to be annoying. And that's okay. And that's something we should celebrate. And I think I'm starting to feel that way about people like Jennifer Lawrence and Anne Hathaway Mm -hmm. and like some people who have been called tryhards in the past. Like, I think they just are kind of like who they are at this point. And sometimes that works for me and sometimes that doesn't. Just like I'm sure my personality sometimes works for people and sometimes doesn't. I, I'm I'm going to run with this. I'm taking this from now on because I this morning I was thinking about something I did like two years ago um, creatively that I was all of a sudden got really embarrassed about. And I was like, that was really annoying. And I now see that, but I didn't at the time. But maybe I just need to be like, you know what? Sometimes I'm just annoying. Some, I think you have to be you if you like you're going to swing and miss. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. I mean, you know I'm an Anne Hathaway defender. I know, and now I am too. Um, Skylar is a Jennifer Lawrence defender. He will not hear me Did you say hear her say she her. wants to give her Oscar to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? No, what? <laughs> She's like, they deserve it. Okay, can you, I know I know you have a whole podcast on this. I'm, I'm not going to watch the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City finale. Can you just give me like a couple sentence rundown on what? Receipts, every... screenshots, timelines, proof is what Heather tells Monica she has about Monica being Reality Von Tease, the troll account who has been, quote-unquote, bullying all of them for the last four years. Did you know this account? Were you familiar I with I was it? familiar with this account because this account had released a video of Jen Shaw berating one of her employees oh. because they were her employees and they were on a mission to take her down. Which is like a pretty good mission to take down Jen Shaw. Yeah. Convicted felon. She was taken down as a matter Frogster, of fact. Fraudster. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. This is going to be controversial. People are very divided on this. Okay. These women in the finale all claim that Reality Vontis, a.k.a. Monica, even though Monica was working with other people to run this account, have made their life hell for the last four years and that they woke up every day in fear of what reality Vontese would post about them. But then there's like no evidence of her posting anything about them other than Whitney being a swinger, which was an actual plot line on the show season one, whether or not Whitney is a swinger and things that Jen had said about Heather. Mm -hmm. So I'm not seeing a lot of evidence that she really came for these other women but the, but I will to to their defense, if they genuinely were worried that that was going to happen, that would be really stressful. That would be really. I don't stressful. care if you're on reality TV, like, yeah, knowing that there's an account out there that's like just there to try and embarrass you and share information that maybe you didn't want public would be really so stressful. Monica's defense is that I only did that to Jen. I was mm-hmm. only doing that to Jen. So she admitted that it. this was her account. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the reunion is going to be. A blast. Uh, Emily and I will be talking about it on Wednesday. How did they find out? How did Heather find out that it was her? Receipts. I know, but how did she get the receipts? Screenshots. Uh, Her hairdresser used to run the account with Monica. This is so ridiculous. I love it. Eli, there is a moment where they all gather on the beach and Heather reveals to them that Monica is this troll. Their reactions. First of all, it's filmed in like this sepia tone. And like they're very saturated and like it's windy, so their hair's blowing okay. in the wind. They're all wearing like black tie gowns. And like the faces they pull, like there's a screenshot of Monica Marks going like or <laughs> Meredith Marks going like <gasps> and she has like hair <laughs> flowing like art. Art. Like Okay, I might watch. You this. need to just watch this episode. You don't have to have any context. 
Um, Some of the best editing I've ever seen. Who's your favorite person on the show right now? Lisa Barlow. Yeah. Your TikTok that you sent me of Lisa walking to the theme song of Succession saying Succession was a great show. (laughs) Such Lisa behavior in a way that I truly unironically admire like <laughs> yes make it about you queen you, <laughs> you that is your job and you're her. doing a phenomenal job at so it. much what else anything else that's it what have you been watching okay i saw the iron claw okay tell me i'm i'm excited to watch it actually look i knew this movie was going to be sad in this house we support zach Zach is amazing in it. Yeah. He's really, because really good in it. I've been telling you this for years. Yeah. He is an underrated actor. Yeah. He is a really good actor. I'm very concerned about what he did to his body for I this know. movie. And face and everything. Like, I don't know how you come back from this. Because mm-hmm. it's like grotesque. He's like so muscular. It's like circus sideshow mm-hmm. level of like weird. I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, for the role, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but this isn't, this is not a one-off. Like, he's, he's been messing with his, messing with his body for a long time, and I just, look, I don't know if this is appropriate to say, but I just wonder if there's, like, some severe body dysmorphia. I don't think that's in dispute. I think that, first of all, I think anyone who has to be on screen has body dysmorphia. It's terrible. I think for him, it, there's it's extreme. Like yeah. it has seemed like for for many years he is really going through something. It's really hard, like sad, because he seems like a really sweet guy. And I, I just I hate that. Like he is so talented and could have like this incredible career, and it's like kind of hard to watch him go through something that like has such a physical effect where like you can tell something is going on with him. Yeah. But anyway, and I do wonder if part of that was for this role because mm-hmm. this role kind of demanded that you be like very muscular mm-hmm. um so i don't know if that was part of that anyway he's really good in it jeremy allen white is really good in it mm. um uh, the guy from triangle of sadness is probably the best in it okay um really good performances just tragic like mm-hmm. I-, I was crying at the end steven was crying at the end like it is just it will make you feel like a better parent um, because a lot of it is about like how toxic their dad was and how much he pushed them to succeed and how that led to most of their demise. Um, is this a real true story? Yeah, it's a true story. Oh, okay. And they know. even left out one of the brothers. Oh. Um, because it's like too sad. So, just I don't want to give away what okay. happens, but like be prepared. It's also like very touching the way all these brothers feel about each other and the good times they have together is really fun to watch Mm -hmm. which kind of makes it more sad um it's an a24 movie it's filmed kind of like the holdovers where you're like was this movie made in the 70s like it kind of has that vibe interesting um and lots of fun like graphics like beginning of wrestling matches they have like the captions on and like you know the von erics versus rick flair um some really fun wrestling characters in it but ultimately very sad Okay. So, but you liked it. It's a good. I liked it. Yeah. I've I've seen a lot of chatter about how A twenty four is not promoting this movie for um like awards circuit because they have a couple of others that they prioritized and people are kind of annoyed because they think this is maybe the best A twenty four film this year. I don't remember what other A twenty four movies I've seen this year. Done either. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure they're there. gonna look this up uh anyway really like that um this season of fargo is phenomenal okay john ham is the villain and he is terrifying 
And I am just so relieved to see John Hamm get a good role because I feel like he's been given so many stinkers lately. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, the morning show. Um, happy Insurrection Day to Bradley Jackson's brother, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so it's his day. We should and Bradley honor him. Jackson. And Bradley Jackson. Uh, she was, she was there. She was covering it. Yeah, she, she was on the ground. She was... Eli, I don't know if you remember, but she was there. And she might go to prison for it now. She might go to prison. May she rest in peace. Um, so good. Juno Temple is the protagonist of this season. And she was in Ted Lasso. And so I kind of dismissed her. I was like, who cares? She's one of those Ted Lassos. She is so good in this. Huh. Um, is there's... she the blonde woman in Ted Lasso? Yeah, the girlfriend to, not the tall one, not the oh. boss, but the girlfriend to, like, the star. Who's, oh. like, teeny tiny. Yeah, okay. And she's teeny tiny in this. She's, like, five foot two. Gotcha. Um, But it's really, really good. There's another, like, he's not the villain, but he's, like, the hitman, the villain hires, who is, it's very, um, um, the, the, Coen Brothers movie that won the Oscar. We talked about it last week because you watched it on oh, the plane. Oh, uh, No Country for Old no Men. No Country for Old Men. Like very No Country for Old Men coded, but like even darker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very violent, like we've talked about. So be prepared for that. But mm. very compelling. And this season does deal a lot with domestic violence. So if you're sensitive to that, maybe set this one out. Okay. Um, more Portlandia because it's on every night, uh, which is kind of fun. Yeah. And I watched the Golden Bachelor wedding because Irene and I just did a podcast about it. And those are two hours of my life. I will never get back. So it was bad. It was horrible. Why? Well, I, there's a podcast about it. There's a, listen. Go listen to the bonus feed. If you haven't subscribed to the bonus feed, subscribe to the bonus feed. Okay. Um, and then we watched Maestro, which is what we're talking about today. Speaking of Oscar buzz, oh this movie is a buzz. This and movie is a stinker. Look. I... <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I get what Bradley Cooper's doing. I think he set out, what he he's did doing, a good job of what he set out to do. So he's trying to win an Oscar is what he's, he's doing. He's trying to win an Oscar. I just don't know if I care anymore if someone can do a good impression of someone. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like that's what he was doing in this movie was an impression of Leonard Bernstein. And his nose looked so fake. I didn't mind the nose. I thought the nose kind of worked, actually. Mm. And it made me separate Bradley Cooper from Leonard Bernstein. But the way they talk in this movie felt so artificial to me. And Mm. maybe that's how Leonard Bernstein talked, but it just didn't... Who left Snoopy in the vestibule? It's so bad. It's so, like... Do you, you know, I texted you about this scene with Sarah Silverman and Carrie Mulligan um, at lunch that I felt like was, it looked like a bad middle school play. Do you know which scene I'm talking about? Yeah, where she thinks she's going on a date and the man turns out to be gay. He's just a man. He's a man who doesn't know what he wants. Like the way they talk, is, it's mostly Sarah Silverman. It's so bad that like I like throughout the movie, I'm like rolling my eyes a little bit. I don't, I don't know what the direction was here, but it's bad. So I was just talking to Irene, who was in here right before you, and she liked it. And she liked it. She had listened to some podcasts about it after she 
before she saw it. And I think that she made a good point. And her point was that when you're doing a biopic, you have to focus on one thing. Otherwise, it's just too much and you're meandering. Yeah. And the thing that they chose to focus on in this was his relationship with his li- wife, Felicia. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, call the movie Felicia then, because yeah. like, she well, was the most compelling part. That's what Sky and I both had that when when we finally we bailed on this movie with 25 minutes to go. Like, I was just like, I can't. I don't want to watch the rest of this. And both of us had that same comment. Like, it, this would have been a way more interesting movie if it was just about her. Right. Yeah. And she's like married to this man who didn't treat her well, uh-huh. had multiple affairs. You know, that's tough. He's gay. <laughs> I, yeah. Or like, like pansexual bi. or yeah. something. Um, Had lots of affairs with men and women. Yeah. Um, I do think she it's the most believable death I've seen on screen. Like she is the most believable cancer patient I've seen on screen. Why is that? What made it believable? Did you see the scene where her friends come to visit? Yeah. Um, and she's trying to engage with them, but she keeps coughing and she keeps having to like use a tissue and she just looks so sick and so miserable and so frail. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen that in another movie about a cancer patient. Carrie Mulligan is pretty good in this. I think Carrie Mulligan is phenomenal in this. I wish it was a different movie she was in. Yeah. Um, the accent is odd that everyone is doing, but like. And she's she's just a charming person. Like her charm just comes through she has a very her nice face. Yeah, yeah, she does. And um, yeah, she like looks like somebody you want to just like spend some time with with tea. And uh, I don't know, Bradley Cooper though. I think I think you're right that it feels like he's just doing an impression. But like there were at parts of this movie that were like unwatchable. Like I could not look at him because I was so annoyed. And I think I must have a Bradley Cooper problem. Because I, I just tend to not like him in any movies. This just felt... I don't mind Bradley Cooper, but this just felt so much like, please give me an Oscar, that yes. I was kind of embarrassed. And, like, I'm a hypocrite, because earlier I was like, be annoying. If that's who you are, be annoying. And he's kind of annoying about it. Like, he really wants an Oscar. This just wasn't it's, successful for me. It's how I feel about every movie that Eddie Redmayne is in. Where I'm like, you are trying so hard to get an Oscar in everything. But every he scene. did, though. He did get an Oscar. I know. And he tried really hard. Yeah. And Bradley Cooper might get an Oscar for this. Do you think? Do you think I, he'll I mean, win over Killian Murphy? <sighs> Oppenheimer winning By last night way, really just killed but, me. Oh, my gosh. I guess I really hated Oppenheimer. I really did not like Oppenheimer. <laughs> I, I tried to be generous to it. But, like, last night when it was winning awards, I was just rolling my eyes so hard. I hated... I hated the way that movie did not care about its women. Like, it, like, really bothered me. <laughs> it's bothersome. It really is. Did you see that Peloton instructor rag on Tenet? Mm-mm. Apparently, Christopher Nolan gave a speech. He was accepting an award, and he he was joking, but he was like, my Peloton instructor the other day said she watched Tenet, and she didn't understand it. And someone found the clip of the Peloton instructor, and she's like, have you seen this? It's impossible. I can't. I don't understand it. I can't get through it without a manual. And she like had to apologize to Christopher Nolan for those comments. But I'm like, she's right. <laughs> Tenet is impossible. No one understands Tenet. I never saw it. I just Christopher Nolan is just. I don't like it. I don't like the movies he makes. Yeah, they don't make sense. He doesn't care about women. It's too convoluted. The timelines are a mess. Just like make a normal movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it bummed me out, too. And I'm really worried that Oppenheimer is going to get a lot more Oscar love than I'm ready to process. Yeah, it might happen. I mean, there. this has been a, a year with a lot of really good movies. 
There's no way Oppenheimer's the best one. Oppenheimer and Barbie are going to get a lot of attention. I don't think Barbie's going to get that much attention at the Oscars. You don't think so? No. It, you don't. Do you think it'll get a Best Picture nominee? Nomination? Yeah, but I won't win. I don't think it'll win either. Um, I think Greta Gerwig will get a nomination. Maybe this will be the one that they finally give to her. I think Ryan Gosling will get a nomination. By the way, um, yeah, I think he will too. By the way, pretty impressive that Greta Gerwig has basically made three movies, and I think all three of them will be nominated for Best Picture. It's like she did Lady Bird. I know she did Frances Ha a long time ago, but I, I don't know. Did she, I, she direct was di- that? the director. She was the star of it. I think she's only done three, like, films and it was Lady Bird nominated for Best Picture and then Little Women nominated for Best Picture and I I think Barbie's gonna be nominated. Like and Barbie made over a billion dollars. Like this woman basically gets to do whatever she wants from now on, right? I think so. Yeah. And she's doing Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe for Netflix. Interesting. I know I'm a little nervous, but I trust her. Yeah. Um I don't know. I I feel like the Golden Globes rarely gives the same best picture that the Oscars do. I hope it's not Oppenheimer. Me too. I have you seen Anatomy of the Fall yet? Not yet. We're it's on our list though. Okay. I'm excited to talk to you after you watch that. Um, I think there's just so many more interesting movies. Maestro for me is not one of them. Mm -hmm. I just it was doing it in black and white too. I, I texted you at the beginning. This does not feel like a film that needs to be in black and white. And it's only half in black and white. I know there it's some it's an artistic choice, but it to me, it felt like if we do shoot half of it in black and white, that will increase our Oscar chances somehow. <laughs> I swear. Um, Make it feel more artsy. It was just um, I hate to say this, but it was too on the nose <laughs> for mm-hmm. me. Um, I, I don't know. People really like it. I just was not. It wasn't for me. Yeah. So was it on Netflix? It's on Netflix check it out it's... i was bored i was sad it was just too like mm-hmm. I, tell me about his music tell me about his career like how did he get started conducting you know like show me a big chunks of west side story right there was no mention of west side story yeah they, like they barely play some of the music at one point like in the background and yeah whatever like I, it could have been it could have been a movie about his friendship with aaron copeland which i think would have been really interesting because mm-hmm. it was like a new kind of music you know and they were like a little bit embarrassed about it but it they're classics my hot take uh, after watching this movie by the way is that not everybody who has done um interesting work needs is, a biopic needs a biopic because a lot of people do some like interesting things but don't actually have interesting lives and i i don't know Maybe maybe it's the movie's fault, but I was just like, I don't really want to know anymore about this guy. Like, he just wasn't that interesting to me. <laughs> no. And I just, I feel like people having gay affairs just isn't interesting anymore. Like, right. it used to be like, oh my gosh, did you see that movie? And it was like, so, and now it's like, I don't care. We're all having gay affairs Of now. course he had gay affairs. He was like a composer in the 50s or whatever. Like, what? A, it's just not interesting. Make it interesting. And is Matt Bomer just like... He's he is the only gay in Hollywood. He's pretty handsome. He is pretty handsome. But he's like he is every gay role in Hollywood. I think that, you know, there aren't very many gays trying to be actors, so <laughs> they have to There's not a lot him. of beautiful gays out there who are working really hard in LA. <laughs> it's a shame. Um, what do you want to do for next week? We should do another Oscar one. Uh I will watch um The Iron Claw. Okay. How does that sound? Sounds great. Let's talk about it next week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Irene and I just did a bonus episode on the Golden Bachelor wedding. If you 
also watched it and hated it, we'd love to have you there. I'll add a link in the show notes where you can subscribe. Thank you so much. Goodbye.